Hello and welcome to Conversations in Economic Central. Today, I'm delighted to welcome back Gabriella Nodani, a senior economist at the RBA. Our regular listeners will have remembered Gabriella from last year when she explained monetary policy and how it works. Today, she gives a further update on how monetary policy is working in response to events in 2020. So without further ado, I shall get started and get interviewing. So at least I know I'm... Right, I am recording. I'm recording. All right, so here we go. Can you briefly explain what monetary policy is and how it differs to fiscal policy? Yeah, so monetary policy and fiscal policy are similar in some respects, as they are both tools of macroeconomic policy, which aims to provide a stable economic environment and sustainable economic growth. Monetary policy is primarily concerned with the management of interest rates in the economy and is generally carried out by a central bank, which in Australia is the Reserve Bank. By conducting monetary policy, the Reserve Bank can influence borrowing and investment decisions, as well as spending or saving decisions by households and businesses. And this, in turn, influences economic growth and inflation in the economy. On the other hand, fiscal policy uses government spending and taxation to influence aggregate demand and achieve other objectives such as reducing inequality. So besides macroeconomic stabilization, governments use fiscal policy also to provide some goods and services such as public safety, highways, hospitals, primary education, and all these sort of public goods and services. So fiscal and monetary policy in Australia share a broad objective of macroeconomic stability and economic welfare, but also have each its specific goals. And they are also conducted by different authorities. So the government conducts fiscal policy and the Reserve Bank conducts monetary policy. Very good, because oftentimes students get confused between the two and they are both demand side, but are distinctly different. Which leads me on to my next question. What are the instruments used in monetary policy in a boom and a recession or a trough? So the main instrument of monetary policy is the cash rate, which is the interest rate at which commercial banks lend to and borrow from each other overnight. So you can think of the RBA as the banker for your bank, where you have your bank account. Now, by changing the cash rate, which is the interest rate applied to the commercial banks, the RBA can influence other lending and borrowing rates, which, sorry, I think I repeated something here. Can we restart this one? Yeah, yeah, all right. So on to my next question. So what can you explain what are the instruments that are used in monetary policy in a boom or a peak and in a recession or a trough? All right, so the main instrument of monetary policy is the cash rate, which is the interest rate at which commercial banks lend to and borrow from each other overnight. So you can think of the RBA as the banker for your bank, where you have your bank account. Now, by changing um, the cash rate, which is the interest rate that the RBA applies to commercial banks, the RBA can influence other lending and borrowing rates, which, are, which commercial banks then apply to businesses and households. So, for example, when the economy is growing too quickly and there is excessive aggregate demand for goods and services, the Reserve Bank can raise the cash rate 
and this will increase the cost of borrowing for commercial banks and will translate into an increase of mortgage and other lending rates in the economy. As a result, firms and households may decide to postpone investment and consumption decisions, and this will lower economic activity and help to contain inflationary pressures in the economy. On the other hand, when the economy is growing too slowly, such as in a recession, the Reserve Bank can lower interest rates and therefore increase aggregate demand by stimulating spending, which in turn boosts economic growth and employment. Now, if the economy enters a recession and interest rates are already at very low levels, mm -hmm. as in the current international yeah. and domestic environment, then the central bank can use other measures, which are known as unconventional monetary policy measures. So some of these measures have been used recently by the RBA in response to the severe economic downturn induced by the coronavirus pandemic. Interesting. So you mentioned the coronavirus pandemic, which clearly uh, the response by governments the world over has had a significant impact on economic activity. And uh, the, the treasurer here, Mr. Fahrenberg, described it as hibernating parts of the economy. Uh, the economy. Yeah, yeah. Can you explain to the students how this hibernation activity, which brought about the first recession in Australia for just over 29 years, how, that, how monetary policy has been used to support the recovery of our economy during 2020 and now going forward in 2021? Yeah, so over the course of 2020, the RBA decided on a comprehensive package of conventional and unconventional monetary policy measures to support the recovery of the economy from the large impact that the coronavirus has had. In terms of conventional monetary policy, between February and November last year, the RBA has lowered the cash rate from 0.75% to 0.1%. This is a substantial easing of policy, which helped the lowering funding costs in the economy mm. and boosting the cash flow of businesses and how in the household sector as a whole. It has also helped the trade exposed industries through the exchange rate channel. Right. Now, one of the things the I was going rate, to ask you about. Yeah. Yeah, we can we can discuss this in a, yeah. in a short while. So now bringing the cash rate to 0.1% means that not, not much room is left for fund reductions as interest rates are usually constrained by the zero lower bound. So people yeah. wouldn't like the idea of, you know, paying banks for holding their money into the bank account, they would right? Not like it. <laughs> and so because of this, the RBA has implemented other unconventional measures, which included a target of 0.25% for the yield on three-year government bonds, which has been subsequently reduced to 0.1% in line with the target for the cash rate. Yeah. A term funding facility to support business credit, particularly for small and medium-sized firms. So under this facility, the RBA expanded the amount of money that banks can borrow, while also lowering the borrowing costs and expanding the duration of loans. So this has resulted in an increase in the supply of money to the economy. Another measure that was undertaken was to set an interest rate of zero on exchange settlement balances, 
held by banks at the RBA. So in other words, to put it yeah. simple, when banks leave funds in their account here at the RBA, they do not earn any interest rate on those funds. And this has the purpose of stimulating lending in the economy and avoiding yeah. that banks keep all their money here. And finally, the RBA has also committed to purchase 200 billion of Australian government bonds at a rate of 5 billion per week. These purchases have started in late November last year and will continue through this year until the target to the quantity is reached. And so altogether, that's going to help with liquidity to get the banks lending to the economy. Yeah, that's, that's correct. So by buying this, these bonds, it's another way of injecting liquidity into the system. And so facilitating that um, credit for, for firms and, and households. So altogether, these actions are supporting the supply of credit and stimulating activities so that the economy can continue its recovery. Now, it's important to remember, though, that these monetary policy measures have been implemented alongside other fiscal measures, such as the JobKeeper program, the temporary increase in JobKeeper payments, which seems to be translated into a permanent increase, given the recent announcements. Yep. But I will leave this for another forum of discussion. And so together, this fiscal and monetary policy actions have been crucial for the recovery we have seen over recent months. Which, to be fair, is a better recovery than most economies in the world. Oh, yeah, definitely. Australia is very ahead of many yeah. other advanced economies at the moment. Absolutely. We're definitely in the right country, aren't we? We are. Yeah, we are very we lucky. Are. We made good choices. Now, you, you did refer to the exchange rate. Because uh, that's one of the things that monetary policy can influence on. Um, our, right. our dollar is currently valued, I think it's 77 cents against the US dollar today. Does the RBA still view that as being too high? And would you prefer it to fall slightly? Yeah, so as, as you mentioned, the Australian dollar has appreciated recently to be a little below 0 0.8 against the US dollar, which why we use the US dollar because it's the main currency of reference when talking about exchange rates. So this recent appreciation has happened on the back of encouraging economic activity in the second half of 2020. And this appreciation followed a sharp depreciation in early March at the initial phases of the pandemic. Absolutely. Now the depreciation and subsequent appreciation of the Australian dollar reflect the fact that the exchange rate serves as a buffer, so it, it serves to buffer the economy from external shocks and allows the economy to absorb the shocks without generating large inflationary or deflationary pressures. The value of the Australian dollar currently is not very far from the values observed over the year prior to the pandemic. And based on historical relationships, this level appears broadly consistent with the terms of trade and interest rate differentials between countries. And so we don't see any substantial imbalance at the moment. So not too high, not too low, but reflecting the economic environment that we have in Australia at the moment. Which is good news because that suggests we're heading in the right direction because there have been occasions when uh, Dr. Lowe has referred to the dollar being too high and him wanting to see it start to fall so that that's very Correct. encouraging and um, can you can you explain you, you mentioned there about the terms of trade and uh, investment flows from the interest rate differential can you just uh, briefly explain 
how that affects the exchange rate because they're two different um, uh, factors that both affect the, the, the value of our dollar. Yeah, so um, the way monetary policy influences the exchange rate is by affecting interest rate differentials between the domestic economy and overseas economies. So, for example, if the RBA lowers the cash rate, it means that interest rates in Australia will be lower compared with interest rates in the rest of the world, assuming that they do not change, so all else being equal. Mm -hmm. So the interest rate differential between the economies or the gap will increase. Now, this will reduce the return on Australian assets relative to foreign assets, which can result in lower demand for the Australian dollar as investors shift their funds into foreign assets. Yep. As a result, a reduction in the cash rate is associated with a depreciation in the exchange rate. Yep. Vice versa, a higher cash rate will be associated with an exchange rate appreciation. Now, changes in the exchange rate are important for the economy because they can have a notable effect on economic activity. So, in particular, a depreciation in the exchange rate increases the competitiveness of Australian businesses in overseas markets by reducing the prices of Australian goods and services compared with foreign competitors. And this leads to a rise in export volume. A depreciation also flows through to higher domestic demand for domestically produced goods and services as Australians substitute away from more expensive imports, and this can lead to a lower import volume. So higher exports together with lower imports raise net exports and increase aggregate demand in the domestic economy, which is key to support employment and income and economic recovery more broadly. And it's one of the factors that's actually been positive in our aggregate demand over the last 12 months. Yeah, that's correct. The depreciation we have seen in the initial phase in early uh, 2020 has helped the economy to kind of um, recover over time. And, and now the appreciation is kind of reflecting that improved economic activity and health outcomes as well over time. And so when do you think we'll get our quarter for 2020 GDP figures? Do you think it's going to be soon that they're going to release? Uh, so the next uh, national account release, yeah, it should be soon. I don't recall the date on top of my mind, but um, it should I never be relatively know. soon. Yeah. But I think we're going to see a positive figure. Yeah, as I, as I told you in my last in last time we interviewed, I don't have the crystal ball yet, but we have a lot of models here. Yeah, exactly. So we use I don't, them instead I don't. of the crystal ball, and <laughs> but I have and so to say, I think, I think they, they if, you're, if you're an economist or any anybody living anywhere at the moment, I think I'd rather be here than many countries around the world. Definitely, yes, so, yes. Australia has has. The, yeah. the response from the government, from central yeah. banks, and the response Absolutely. of you know the public yeah. as well, yeah. complying with yeah. using masks and yeah. everything has been yeah. everything together has helped has the recovery. Exactly. And, yeah, yeah, and 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 I know our growth record is broken, but really, we didn't. I don't really think it's it has stopped. Do you know what I mean? I think it's a temporary blip. Temporary. Yeah, yeah, I agree with this view. Yeah. Now I know you need to get cracking to your your phone call any minute now. Is that right? 
Excellent. Yeah, so what I'll do is I'll, I'll re-listen to it, make sure we've answered anything. And if I feel that we need to readdress anything, if I'll send you a quick email and we can perhaps... Just... Yeah, I'm super happy to redo if, Cause if it, we need your to explanations are brilliant Because they're so um, structured and clear so that students really understand what it is that's going on. But so, I, yeah, I felt mate, like I got a bit lost in some no, parts. So if, if no, you, you want me to readdress yeah, anything, I, I can redo. <laughs> All right, super. Well, I'll let you get cracking because I know you've got okay. an important phone call, Gabrielle. All right. So I'll be in touch <laughs> via email. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Okay, that's so good. All right. Oh, thank thank you. you for the opportunity to do this no, again. We thank you, you, I can assure you. All <laughs> right. I'll see you soon. Okay, see you. See bye. You, bye. Well, that's it from Economic Central this week. We hope you enjoyed listening to the interview with Gabriella regarding the RBA's monetary policy. And there'll be more from Economic Central soon. Bye for now.